Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block with all five of our regular hosts here today, although it's on an unusual day of the week. With that, good afternoon to everybody. Good hey, everybody. Happy, okay. Friday. Happy Friday. Happy yes. Friday. Some say TGIF. Um, okay. Since I have nothing specifically in my head at the moment, I'm going to turn it over to anyone who does. Mm, leftist tears. Go ahead, Ed, you take it away. How about that 9.1% inflation rate that we got this week? Ooh, I bet you that cost some leftist tears too. Well, it was even higher for the wholesale. What was it? 11.2 or 11.1%? Let's annoy Biden that he can't get into double digits with inflation. Oh. Well, see, and that's what <laughs> I was going to... And that's what I was going to start with. So Mansion has squashed anything again for this Build Back Better um, because of all of this crazy inflation. And thank God for Joe Manchin. I never thought I'd say that. I think I've said that a couple times this year already. Um, but yeah, thank goodness for Joe Manchin. Uh, the Democrats will be crying still uh, in probably March next year after these elections are over. It is is gas going well. down by anybody? It did. And then it went back up. Gas has been going down by me. I mean, we're, I'm like neighbors with you. Gas going down by anybody? It did go down, but it came right back up. Just depends on the gas station, I think. I think more, more generally, it's it's the, the dollar is strengthening, which is really mm -hmm. the underreported story of the financial news these days. Um, people follow, people see 9.1% on infla uh, inflation and expect things like gold and silver to be skyrocketing, but uh, both of them are down. I think silver is down about 15% in the last 30 days and gold is down about uh, 7.5%. I didn't see how either of them did today. Uh, on this, this is Friday the 15th of July. Uh, but what's, what's really going on is gold and silver are going up against every other currency, uh, but every currency is going down against the dollar. The dollar is strengthening. Uh, worldwide demand for the dollar is going up. And I think the reason that gas prices have come down is because all gasoline contracts, all oil contracts are denominated in dollars. And as the dollar strengthens, the price for us paying dollars goes down. So, Ed, can you explain what's the, that's part, the good about the strong dollar, what's bad about the strong dollar? Um, well, what's bad about the strong dollar, the way it's happening right now, is that we're in the process of crashing the entire world economy. Countries that borrowed money in dollars, countries that have to pay for get, countries that have to pay for gas in dollars or electricity, in, you know, for energy in dollars, uh, are not going to be able to afford it. Um, Ed Powell and I are in, a, in another group where I don't know if it was Ed or someone else shared a, a story about uh, France just announced that it's not going to be able to have streetlights on. Is, is that the story, Ed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, they're going to turn the lights off in the streetlights, but I don't know whether that means like, you know, all night or just, you know, like part of the night or whatever. So it's hard. Right. But, but what it, what it shows is that they can't, they, they can't afford electricity and France of all countries has a very large, or at least had a very large nuclear industry. I think they, they've scaled it back in the last 20 years or so. Um, but as the dollar strengthens, the rest of the world economy is going to, is going down because, the world needs dollars and they can't afford them. Um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a major problem for the world economy. 
We don't need it strong. I'm sorry. That's what I've always been confused by. Don't we as Americans need it to be strong? Well, there was a guy named Triffin who came up with something called Triffin's Dilemma or Triffin's Paradox during the 1960s, um, where he identified that the as the world reserve currency, the interests, the domestic interests of Americans are in conflict with the world economy's needs. So the world needs a lot more dollars. So that helps, that would help the world, but printing a lot of dollars leads to domestic inflation in America. Yeah, um, I don't buy that uh, for a minute. <laughs> I, I think it, it's the exact opposite. I think printing a lot of dollars has exported a tremendous amount of our inflation to other countries because they well, pyramid, yeah. they pyramid mm-hmm. their, their currencies against the, uh, against the dollar. I think one of the reasons why in the last, you know, since 2008, when the, you know, the, the amount of, of cash in the economy has gone up, you know, dramatically, that our um, inflation has been so low is that because in, in, it was a really bad economic time, people overseas hoarded dollars, which then basically caused the inflation not to occur uh, here, but to occur there. Uh, in a lot of the cases, including potentially China. I mean, you never know what's going on in China because they're so uh, you know, obscure, but there's a substantial evidence that, um, that there was, uh, was a lot of uh, inflation, you know, pr- price inflation in China. Um, so how much of this is really you know, monetary policy? Because we've had these problems you know, festering uh, for a long time. I feel like this really could have happened at, at any time. But with the COVID lockdowns, the supply chain issues, the war in Ukraine and all this other stuff, isn't some of it still just plain old supply and demand? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what mo- that was what inflation is, right? More, more money chasing fewer goods. And I think um, as the more money uh, was pumped into the economy, you know, since 2008, but especially since the, the COVID thing, people, people saved it and didn't spend it um because they were worried but if, i mean i saw a chart today where it said savings went through the roof during the pandemic um and now they're spending it and now they're spending all those savings down and so that's the more money piece and then the fewer goods piece is um obviously uh supply disruptions all over the world are preventing the um uh, preventing the the bringing in of goods you know the the el cheapo goods from from china that uh that people depend on a Walmart and Target and et cetera. So there's more money chasing fewer goods. Mm-hmm. On the oil thing, you know, the United States has had a basically had a deal um, for 40 years, ever since the oil crisis of the 70s was was peacefully resolved. Um, that uh, whenever there was a supply shock in oil, the Saudis would um, would increase their production because they have a lot of two dollar oil, three dollar oil, four dollar oil in the ground. And uh, they can increase production dramatically. And uh, the acting president, uh, Biden, um, uh, repudiated all of Trump's um, diplomatic successes in the Middle East when he got, uh, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro was talking about it today, uh, you know, in, in the 40 years after the 73 war, exactly two countries have signed a uh, peace deal with uh, Israel, um, Jordan, and Egypt, and in the last 12 months of President Trump's uh, presidency, four more did, and that was a huge, um, 
you know, a huge breakthrough diplomatically for Middle East peace. And uh, as soon as uh, acting President Biden got into the presidency, he repudiated all of that and started cuddling up to Iran again, like, um, like, uh, like Obama tried to do. Now, I don't feel like getting into a big discussion about which is worse, Saudi Arabia or Iran, um, because they're both pretty bad. But, um, but by cuddling up to Iran, it really pissed MBS, the central leader of, of Saudi Arabia, off. And he basically said, no, we're not pumping any more gas. And then, of course, well, Obama, uh, Obama <laughs> acting President Biden, went over there uh, today. And instead of shaking hands, he fist bumped MBS. And he made. Wasn't probably, he not supposed to do any of that due to COVID? He, he probably made the worst diplomatic mistake I've ever seen in my lifetime. And that includes betraying Taiwan. Um, he said, he said, uh, while standing in East Jerusalem, uh, talking to a Palestinian and Israeli audience, the background of my family is Irish American. And we have a long history of not fundamentally unlike the Palestinian people with Great Britain and their attitude toward Irish Catholics over the, over the, four, uh, over the years for 400 years. That's, that's what he said. Now, Irish Catholics, generally speaking, vote Democrat. Oh, my God. I can't. So not only does he insult the Israelis by comparing the Palestinians to uh, the Irish and the English to the Israelis, um, insults the Israelis, he minimizes or, you know, from the Palestinian perspectives, he minimizes their suffering. I don't care about the Palestinians, but that's what they're going to think. And he alienates all of the Catholics in the United States, all in one statement. I mean, I, he doesn't write that stuff, right? Well, I was going to no, say, no, was this it was, the same um, writer as Jill? When this he, was, he was uh, off the cuff. This was off the cuff, as as okay. are all of Biden's uh, um, real yeah. serious gas. Um, But uh, I mean, I, I I can't believe it. I can't believe he said that. I, I mean, that'll that'll make for uh, Republican. Uh, you know, I, again, the Republicans are stupid, so they won't take advantage of it. But that'll make Republican commercials for for years. <laughs> if Almost they, as many as the Taco Tuesday commercials. Yeah. And the Taco Tuesday. <laughs> commercial, you know, Did they make commercials out of it yet? Uh, no, it's just the tacos, the tacos. Just to amplify something you said earlier, Ed, um, I, I let you I didn't want to interrupt you. But yeah, uh, China is fa- the Chinese banks are facing ma- massive pressure in the Chinese stock market. Uh, they're facing potential defaults. Uh, Homebuyers are not paying mortgages. Um, yes. The Chinese banking system is, is potentially, I mean, it's not on the cusp of collapse, but it's in some serious danger right now. And they're trying to prevent, uh, you know, the, the catch word that they're using is contagion, which was the word that they used in 2008 here about the banking system falling apart. Um, it, the inflation has been exported aboard, abroad, and, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Japanese yen almost collapsing. Um, Japan is facing se- severe pressure uh, from its zero interest rate policy and the Fed continuing to tighten and thereby raising the value of the dollar. Um, and just to, so, Steve, in, before you even ask, what happens is, you know, if, if U.S. interest rates are 2 percent and Japanese interest rates are 0 percent, people are going to sell their yen, buy dollars and buy the U.S. Treasury and get the 2% rate. And in the process of actually doing that, selling the yen further depresses the yen and buying the dollar further increases the dollar. So it further widens the spread. So when, 
If you're a Japanese investor, you not only get 2% interest instead of zero interest, you're also going to get an appreciating dollar. So you're going to get an even better return. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the whole currency, um, the carry trade, that's called the carry trade, you know, where you take uh, your currency, change it into somebody else's currency where they have a higher interest rate and then hope, you know, to change it back without your currency rising to destroy the, um, to destroy the, uh, the value of your investment. I and mean, that's what, that's what uh, really, you know, that what bankrupted Iceland in the, you know, 2008 timeframe. So it can be very risky. Um, but it is a way, you know, to, uh, to get higher interest rates. My, in my good news of the day later, I will talk to you about higher interest rates for any of you who care. Um, but, uh, I, I wonder, you know, I, I know that Saudi's made a deal with the Chinese to, uh, denominate some of their oil sales to China in in yuan, the Chinese currency. Um, there are a lot of conditions obviously involved in that. Um, I don't know whether that's actually happened. I know the agreement was made, but I don't know. How would that work though, Ed? Because the, the yuan is not convertible. It's not, forget about a it, convertible. It's not even exportable. Yeah, what they would do um, is the, the, the Saudis would have to open a bank account in a Chinese bank and, uh, and then- um, Produce goods in China for export, I guess. And then they would produce goods in China for export. That's exactly. Buy, buy goods in China in yuan on their Chinese bank account to export to, for instance, their own country or right. to other countries where they get that. So it, it and, and there are some limitations. Obviously, you can only buy from China if you have things in yuan because you can't take the money out of the country. So, um, but I think that was, uh, again, uh, this oil politics is has been, you know, ha, ha, oil has dominated international politics since 1913 and um, maybe 1905, I guess, when uh, the British Navy decided that it was going to switch from coal to oil that the British don't have. Um, and it, so it's, you know, it's over a century, oil has dominated uh, the politics. And I, I know uh, the Russians are, are trying to pump as much oil as they can south uh, they don't have pipelines so um you know they use trains they're building you know trying to build pipelines to try and get the um get the oil from siberia instead of going to you know europe and get it to go to china um that is also uh, producing a um a shortage because while while russia can produce a lot of oil they had a pipeline to Europe, which is now closed, and they didn't have a pipeline to India, and they had only a small pipeline to China. So it's very difficult to, like, you can't like pipe more oil than you have pipeline capacity. I mean, you can put it on railroad trains and whatnot, but it's it's hard. So, uh, you know, the Russians are, you know, trying madly to to change things. The only Problem is, you know, like to build stuff requires Western machine tools and, or, or machine tools, and the Russians are dependent on Western machine tools, especially German machine tools, as I talked to you last week, rather than like Chinese machine tools, because the Russians, uh, you know, Putin, not a fan, but he's not stupid. He realizes that in the long term, uh, China is going to come for Russia. And, uh, and it might be in the short term. 
might be in the short Chinese term. might be looking at Siberia right now thinking, yeah, I mean, I, they, they can't defend that flank. The um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I made a meme. Of course, nobody retweeted it. So nobody knows it, but it's basically a picture of Asia and China is like, you know, 1.5 billion people desperately need resources. And Siberia is 8 million people have more resources than the rest of the world combined. Um, you know, this can't have. Putin can't be unaware of this, and neither is Xi, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I think Putin is, is trying very, 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 very hard to be nice to Xi. Um, but I know I don't know what that's going to do. So we've got a lack of Russian oil because they can't transport it the way they normally do. We got Saudi Arabia turning the screws to the United States over Biden's this what they think is a, a betrayal of the Abraham Accords. Um, and uh, and Trump's sort of policies to try to um, uh, uh, try to sort of fix up the Middle East and 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 uh, get a, a Sunni Israeli um, you know dialogue and then almost alliance against the Shiites and the Iranians, which Bush put in power in Iraq. And our, you know, Iraq is now a satellite country, mostly for the Iranians. Let me ask you this. Basically, in the next two and a half years, there's really no way to stop this and turn this around, correct? Uh, as far as the oil is concerned or as far as the inflation? The whole concerned? world economy, all of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue, though, is that in the United States, I think, didn't, I might have said this before, but in the United States, we, we tend to... Uh, we, we tend to blame the politicians for, you know, like rising prices and whatnot. I mean, that's wrong, right? It's the Federal Reserve that does this, but the politicians and the Federal Reserve are, are the same thing. And the, then the politicians have spent the money too. Yeah. yeah. And they're the ones, they're the ones <laughs> spending the money that's, that's, that's causing the, the Fed to monetize the debt. We tend to blame the politicians and then vote the current group of losers out and bring the next group of losers in, and we'll, we feel very much better about that. But there's a lot of these countries in the world that they don't get to do that at all. Um, they uh, are stuck with the government they have. So uh, China's one of them, and you know, uh, Sri Lanka is another one. And um, so when, when the prices go up, especially when the government policy has been to subsidize certain things for uh, consumers. I was talking to a friend of mine in Hungary, and he said, "Oh yeah, the um, the government subsidizes gasoline for everyone, and uh, and the, you know the government doesn't subsidize gasoline at all in the United States. In fact, it taxes the crap out. But in Hungary, people expect the gasoline to be at constant price because it's explicit government policy to keep it at that price, and you know." pay more for it out of government funds to keep it at that price. And so you, what you see is the same thing you see whenever you have kind of that subsidy is like people are driving to Hungary to buy gas. And so now they have to like, oh, you know, people driving from Austria and Czechoslovakia and whatnot. And, and so they have to say, well, okay, only for Hungarian citizens. So now you've got to check driver's licenses and whatnot at your gas station and everything. And you go round and round. But if the government then ends up having to raise the price in Hungary, say, from whatever it is now, call it $5 a gallon um, to something realistic, which a friend of mine in Finland just said it was $10 a gallon in Finland. Suppose that 
then it, they blame the government 100% because it is the government's fault. When the, when the gas prices go up and go down and people see it, they, they, they in, like in the United States, I mean, obviously they blame the government, but they get that prices go up and down. But in countries where the gas prices just pegged by the government a certain thing at the point where the government cannot afford to peg it that more and then they raise it from like five to ten or whatever then it goes then the people go completely completely insane and that's kind of what's happening in a lot of these third world countries it hasn't happened in, in in Hungary yet where the government subsidizes food and fuel and keeping the price down but these countries don't have real revenues so at some point the government's going to run out of money and then what happens is you get uh, uh, Sri Lanka. Now, I did want to I apologize for this. I really do. But I had to point this out. This is um, our friends at the New York Times, are the New York Times two headlines, what we know about the protests in Sri Lanka, culminating in the peaceful takeover of the presidential residence and the promises of resina resignations. That's the New York Times take on uh, the actual coup, the actual insurrection, the actual overthrow of the government in Sri Lanka. But um, when it comes to the January 6th riots in the Capitol, um, it's an act of, of terrorism. So that's our that's our buddies at the New York Times. I, I, Can I take uh, a shot at answering your question, Steve? And then, Mike, mm -hmm. I'll let you jump in. Or, Mike, you want to comment on that? No, I was just going to give him credit for even paying attention to the New York Times. But, you know. <laughs> credit? Steve, you know, I can't get a compliment. You, you asked if there's anything that can avoid bad things in the next two and a half years? The answer is no, bad things are inevitable, but there are different kinds of bad things. Um, you can, we've had a gigantic misallocation of capital and, and the, the zero interest rate policy, which printed a lot of money and expanded the Fed's balance sheet is, is culpable, is responsible for that. Now we can unwind that in, in at least two ways. We can, we can follow the creative destruction path, which would allow for widespread bankruptcies, widespread defaults, and the reallocation of capital into more efficient hands that are, and businesses and, and individuals and entrepreneurs that are better positioned to use that capital productively. Um, but of course, that would lead to a gigantic depression. Uh, it would probably be short as long as as well as deep, but it would be a gigantic depression. It would lead to massive unemployment. The other possibility is inflation and allow allow the debt to be eroded, the government borrowings to be eroded through inflation. You got to stop the bleeding first. Right. And you got to stop the government spending, balance the budget first. Well, yeah. and then but, you can let the inflation get to whatever it's natural. Correct. I mean, but likewise with with the dis creative destruction, too. I mean, you can raise interest rates and create a massive depression. But if you continue the government spending, you haven't solved the problem. You still have the massive misallocation of capital. Um, but you, yes, if you cut spending, cut taxes and raised interest rates, you would have a massive depression. You'd have creative destruction a la Joseph Schumpeter and in a short period of time, not eventually, like in 10 years, it would take a short time. Uh, the, the historical precedent would be 1920 when Warren Harding's administration engineered a tremendous depression that led to like a 50% cut in GDP in six months. But the economy then recovered and you had the roaring 20s. Inflation, on the other hand, 
is not cleansing the way the, the way the deflationary defaults would be. Uh, capital doesn't wind up being reallocated. Inflation is corrosive, and it corrodes the entire economic system. It makes everybody poor. It makes everything worse. Um, but we so, didn't have the massive amount of debt a hundred years ago that we have now. No, but there have been periods where we did. I mean, after World War II, for instance, government debt was almost as high as, as where we are now. I think it was slightly lower, but it was comparable. Compared to, to what, GDP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we, had, we did have some inflation in uh, 1945, 46, 47, but then, then you had deflation. Um, you know, but it, it, it all depends on the policymakers. I mean, if you think that the policymakers are trying to to help and they're trying to solve the problem honestly and just making mistakes, then you probably think that they're going to keep raising interest rates and err on the side of a depression. I personally think that their motives are more sinister, especially at the Federal Reserve. I think they're trying to engineer pain. I think they're trying to hurt us. And I think they're in bed with the Democrat Party and whatever is coming our way. And I think that the greatest pain is going to come through the corrosive effect of inflation. That's what I think is coming. So or maybe I didn't ask my question the right way. Okay. Uh, because I think you're answering what could we do? And I'm asking, given the political realities of today until the next presidential election and nomination, there's nothing foreseeable to change his trajectory. I, I mean, I, I think let me I think that. One of the, what the Fed's doing, I don't think is quite as, as nefarious as what Ed says. I think that in a, uh, in a free economy, the, as productivity improves, the prices of goods goes down and down and down. And that's what we saw in the, late half, uh, the last half of uh, well, the post-Civil War period in the 19th century. Productivity improved, cost of goods go down. We, we, we see that with you know, computers and televisions and big screen TVs. You know. Productivity improves, prices go down. Um, what the Fed is trying to do is steal that. Um, like, if you know, if bread costs five dollars of, uh, you know, loaf, and then increases in productivity and and uh, supply chain and all of those, you know, all of the thought that goes into producing bread would lower the price of bread to you know, say four fifty in a couple of years. That that fifty cents is what the Fed wants to steal. For the government, so it it when we say the Fed, um, when we say "quote unquote" inflation has been you know low until the pandemic, that's not that's not true. There 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 is a sort of a natural decrease in prices, and and even if the prices stay the same over time, um, they would have gone down without the Fed and Fed inflating currency. So what the Fed wants to do is they want to steal that money. That that the, what we would have all gained by prices going down, and then they have this you know two percent inflation um, target that they that they have. So they they want to they want to basically say steal the money that we would have saved plus two percent, and that's their that's their goal. It's it's a it's a purely a you know criminal operation, but they don't know what they're doing. You know, there, there's no real way to understand how the economy works, and so they basically. We're just going to steal as much as we can until the price rises get out of control. And then they're we're already, they're moderate. already out of control. Ed, like, when is it going to stop? So bread and my little, whatever, and my little food lion, like the rolls that I was going to buy earlier are up 50%. 
Oh yeah, no, it's out of control, right? You know, I mean, and they it's, take forever to crazy. notice it, right? It's yeah, it's like it was for, like a year ago. Like chicken is double in price. I don't know where they're getting like this fourteen percent, eleven percent. I don't well, know. They, well, yeah, you know what they're doing. No, let, that, me, that let, me, let me address that. You know what's going on? The price of necessities is going up, but the price of non-necessities is going down due to oversupply and and you know Walmart trying to to discount things. Yeah, but. As an aggregate number, the number is much lower than what the average person is seeing for necessities like food, gasoline, housing, all the things that we absolutely have to have. So they're just Both taking like the average of the two to putting that number but, out? I, what? So they're taking the median of that and putting that number out? Correct. There's a bigger the basket. Part? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think I saw somewhere they weren't even counting some of those necessities. Oh, that, yeah. No, right. Exactly. number. That's right. That they 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 fudge well, the a press, little bit. Fudging. The yeah. press secretary came out and it's said, "Yay, we had a little drop." Yes, okay. So we're we're good as a nation. We're good. Isn't she brilliant? Oh my gosh! But she's I don't know where they get these people. She's historic. But again, there's no reason to believe anybody's going to change this for two and a half years. We're stuck. Doesn't matter what happens in Congress. There's little reason to believe that the Republicans will change it, even when they take power. Right. Right. And that I was going to say that that's going to be another big problem, right? Because everybody is expecting them to win big and they're expecting the, them the to do thing, something to change what's going on. Well, the only thing that I could see for doing damn thing. They well, the only thing I could think with the Republicans for the 2022 is because 2024 is going to be such a big year. They're going to have to fulfill something that they bring forth. But what can Congress do if the president doesn't want to? I do don't it? know about that. Stop spending. I don't know. That's never going to happen. Well, that's what they well, can do. I mean, you know, God, I mean, if they had the will, they, they certainly have every reason the public would get behind them. <laughs> they can't even stop spending <laughs> on Ukraine. How are they going to stop spending domestically? I know. It's silly. I, we, know, I we know exactly where this is going. Well, if we keep sending Republicans to are going to win and Ukraine, they're not going to We won't have any money spot. left for here domestically and we'll be good. There'll be nothing left to spend. The, the, the train is heading to the cliff and nobody's going to be hitting the brakes. I mean, does anybody even campaign about stopping to spend? No, <laughs> not that I know of. So again, this trajectory isn't being well, stopped. Where are we heading? We're, we're headed to pa pain. As Mr. T would say, I predict pain. Well, <laughs> I think the Fed will raise interest rates and cause a recession and god knows what will happen then because then spending will go up and the deficit See, that's why I, I think the fed is more sinister and i i agree that spending is going to continue uh, but i don't think the fed is looking to help us i think they're looking to help the democrat party and i think if they're they're going to help klaus schwab more than they're going to help us and i think that this is an opportunity for them to get further control of the economy implement a digital currency and create, I mean, the Democrat Party creates disasters. That's their mission statement. And they are creating a disaster right now. And I think the Fed is working together with them to make that disaster as painful for us as possible. Now, why That's doesn't it matter that the bazillionaires who back the Democrats are losing the biggest amounts of money? Why doesn't that help anything? Well, for one thing, they, they aren't losing the most amounts of money because the government through its shutdown programs and, and mandates is forcing people into the stores of these big billionaires. But when the stock market falls, that means their portfolios are taking unbelievable hits. 
Okay. So then the question is, are they more interested in money or are they more interested in power? What's your answer to that? I would think both. And I think at a certain point, there should be a tipping point, shouldn't there? I think that they think that they're going to be a, a part of the ruling class. You know, Bill Gates is a perfect example who made billions and billions of dollars, but that wasn't enough for him. He needed to become part of the ruling class. I think that's the, the mentality of most of these guys. He already, what's he doing, he already what's is. he doing now? And now he's getting rid of the money to have his influence put in. Actually, the he's making more money now in the vaccine biz than he did in yeah. Microsoft. But he's giving that doing, up. He's doing it looking like a benefactor. I think yes. he's making more money. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, okay, but, so Ed, Ed Maslis, you have a good point. So you're saying they're willing to lose 50 billion of 200 billion because they're going to be running the world. That's an interesting point. Well, there are people who want power and there are people who want money and there are people who want people both. Want, okay, the, the ultimate goal, people don't want money to have money. Okay, they want money to have something. Money is power. Uh, there are people who have enough power. money, right? And 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 then they want other things like, you know, they want to retire and travel and what, but the ruling class people want control. Right, power. I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here like saying Jerome Powell is this demon. I just don't think anybody could do a good job at the Fed um, with all, first of all, I don't think anybody can do central planning good at all, period. But um but like, even if he had the best intentions, the institution is not set up to do the right thing. So he can't do the right thing. Even if he, Jerome Powell, is, you know, somebody is, you know, pro-free market is like Alan Greenspan, because that's what proved it, right? Alan Greenspan was for many years a very, very pro-free market guy. He got in charge of the Fed and he was a statist. Because so other, no other than um, breaking up the country, um, how do you prevent absolutely it always disaster. comes back to breaking up the country? I gotta it? tell you, so you know, Texas <laughs> after their convention where fully 90% of the delegates at their Republican convention voted to put secession on a ballot. That's a very high number. 66% in another poll of Texans said they're pro-secession. That's a very high number. And as this happens, and somebody like Texas can see that that may be the only way to get a free economy. I see that being a little bit pushed in that area because we can't even think of something else to fix this country. Look, look, I think I think secession could be a solution to the culture war problems. The left wants the left is totalitarian. They want to run all of our lives down to the every molecule in our body where it moves. And the right just wants to be left alone. I think secession could solve that problem, but it can't solve the economic and monetary problem because other than a few um, people who who are you know, truly free market and understand what, you know, what, how you fix that with a, you know, the hard currency that can't be manipulated. I, you know, there's like eight people in the country who, who think that, that, and they're none of them Republicans. So I think, I, I think that even if the states, even if the United States dissolved tomorrow and somehow the debt was managed and everything, I think all the state, the state governments almost uniformly worse in a lot of ways economically than the federal government. Well, that um, was actually the point I was about to make. I think Texas and New Hampshire and all these other places that are talking about secession. Before you talk secession or before you try and convince me of secession, show me what you're going to do in your own state. I'll you know, tell you exactly what I'm going to do. How about first they go, make sure they've go, got a power grid that can supply all their people? I know exactly what get, I would do. Fix your power grid, protect your border, you know, do all the things that you would do as a free country. 
I mean, no, don't tell me what you want to do. Show me what you've done and then tell me they're oh, not allowed that's what to I've done. And that's what we'll do as Texas a, is not allowed to build a nuclear reactor. Texas is not allowed to govern. Let him, let him give a middle finger to the federal government. Let no him, one's going to do that. Ed. And the point is, if I would take how are they going to do secession then? What does it mean? How they're going to do secession is a bigger middle finger. By the way, I got to tell you, and, and the polling one, would anybody support violence was shockingly low. Um, if you had a free state, you could be a Switzerland, you could be other countries with lots and lots of freedom. You could put up nuclear reactors. You could have tremendous amount of computer stuff. I just don't see it happening any other way because no state is free to do anything nowadays. Texas can't pump oil because of the feds. It can't build nuclear because of the feds. Can't do anything because of the feds. So unless you go that route of, you know what? Would there be a power by the feds? You're talking, Texas, you're talking about secessionists. Why can't secessionists defy the fed, the feds and dare the feds? Because they're not right them. now in power. And if they were, uh, they'll, in power, they'll be they'll be J six. They'll be J six. And also, then, then all the talk about secession is just BS. I don't think so. Sometimes you got to pull so a band aid off. And by the way, if Abbott <laughs> didn't have his his uh, focus on national politics. He would be doing more. I don't think his secession is BS at all. I think you have to get every stinking governor and senator and congressman in this country to stop looking so they really want to be in Washington and they really all want to be in the White House and look out for their own state's benefits. And that's what needs to happen. And that won't Ron happen. DeSantis. Ron DeSantis has national aspirations, but he's doing exactly the things that you said. Oh, I'm sorry. But Let me Google how many nuclear reactors he built this week. Should I Google that? You can Google that, but I Google his banking regulations. How many bank regulations are not federal in Florida? Just today? He hasn't done everything. Doesn't mean he's not. He doing hasn't anything. done anything because he's powerless, because no one can do anything in this country without federal permission, period. There's nothing you can do. Can you did open just, a freaking community reject, bank without federal permission? Did he reject shots, COVID shots for infants? Big deal. Is there? A, that deal. is a big deal to me. It's a, uh, but it's we, a joke need, compared need, to having need, a free state. He does not have a free state. We need to okay? have a few. Uh, you can tell me anything that any governor can do that doesn't have to get permission from the feds. You can't well, put a toilet in a house do. without permission. Uh, from the, I mean, Ed, are you suggesting that we have a, have to have the equivalent of a bunch of Boston Tea Parties on a, a variety of issues before their secession? No, I'm not saying you know, that. Take a look at what the leftist states have done that with sanctuary cities. You can resist. Look what they're doing with abortion. They're they're filing lawsuits. They're saying they're putting up roadblocks. Look what they've done with Heller with the with the Second Amendment for twelve years. You can fight if you want to fight. I'm not as that's not what I'm saying, Ed. I'm saying if your state wanted to build its own economy right now, which would all start with the power grid, it is federally illegal and impossible to do one step towards Texas has its own power grid. What are you talking about? Texas's power grid is a total flop. But it has its own power grid. But they can't, they're not allowed to pump oil in their state because of federal regulations. They're not allowed to build nuclear because of federal regulations. That's why they don't have the I'm I'm somewhat sympathetic to what Steve is saying is that the states, the the federal government is tyrannical over the states in a a lot of ways. It lets the states do nothing to- Let me ask you this. Did the states have the power to legalize marijuana? No, it was federal. It was illegal under federal law. The blue states did it. And now marijuana is pretty much legal almost everywhere. Sometimes you just got to act. Okay, I'm and, the and governor of not, Texas and I say- One sentence more, Steve. Um, and I should not have to emphasize that to people that are talking about secession. No, no, absolutely not. 
because if you secede, you're not going to jail with January 6ers. We're now 18 months into people into solitary confinement. And if Texas says we're going to build a nuclear reactor, you will have a judge in 10 seconds threatened to throw them in jail. And no, they're not going to fight it if they're part of the country because Biden will take away all their money. You saw what Biden wants to do now. He wants to take away Medicare money if they don't do emergency abortions. As long as you're part of the federal system, you're powerless to help yourself. And the only I'm trying to find out, is there a better way? I don't think there is a better way. The feds are the ones not letting people do stuff. If I wanted to open up um, a Switzerland type economy where I had the best you know, computer security and computer privacy, it would be the feds that would stop that. Well, There's let me give you, let me I tell you a secret, Steve. The feds also will not give you permission to secede. The feds, they can't give you permission to secede. It's not their permission to give any more than it was the Queen of England or the King of England. And by the way, I got to tell you something. The secessionists are not saying they want permission at all because that's BS. Nobody needed permission. So they don't want permission for secession, but they want permission to build a nuclear reactor. They want permission. Okay, because I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to tell you why. And I'm trying to tell you that the support in the most recent poll for violence against the seceding state was like 6%. But if you're not going to secede, the feds are going to go down there with their police and their FBI and everybody else who's sitting there right now. They all have FBI has probably an office in every major city or every state in this country. They will stop anything. If you secede, it's a very, very different game. That's all I'm telling you. It's it can't happen without secession. I think you're putting the car, not the car. No, you're the putting horse, the car. Think- you're exactly putting the car before the horse. You're saying, show me you can build an economy against the federal rules, and then I'll let you out of the federal rules. And I'm telling you, they'll never- I'm not letting you have the federal rules. I'm saying you can't secede in in aggregate until you start seceding in individual ways. Okay, Ed, I tell you what, you go out today and buy a toilet that doesn't have a water uh, regulator on it that suits the federal rules, and you do that before you secede. And when you prove that to me, I'll let you secede. You're not going to do that. It's only when you secede. That you I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that could get me in trouble on here. But let's just say I'm a little further ahead than you think I am. You may be, but if anybody finds out that your state is selling, God forbid, a shower that has water pressure, that business will be closed. Okay, and nobody can open another business. If I want to open a store, how many? Fe- Wait a second. How many federal regulations tell me if I can build a store in my private property? Anybody want to take a guess? Hundreds, thousands, thousands, do you think? Just if I want to literally break ground on my private property to build a small store or a bagata. Okay, hey, I want to put up a bagata in my neighborhood and sell have you, ever, have you ever had a plumber come to your, to your bathroom to, to fix it, to deal with a, a messed up toilet? Yes, and a master plumber okay. will not do certain okay. things because they're licensed. Okay, well, I've had plumbers come to my bathroom and I've said, you know, that 3.8 gallons per flush is a little bit light. And, you know, the pipes sometimes get stuck. Maybe we can get a little more water in the toilet. And, and Ed, I, I will tell you about, with, I, I will tell you about precious after that. I will tell <laughs> you about precious Florida. Let me tell you about precious Florida. Okay. My mother, who's no longer with us, had somebody fix her shower about 12 years ago. Yeah. And do you know what hell they put it under two, three years ago when she was dying and having dementia? that she couldn't find a permit for what she did to that shower and how much they put her through in Florida. You need to get rid of all of this crap and it will never happen as long as states are part of the feds. Yes, you got away with it, but now try selling your house. If it's out of- The states can be as bad, if not worse. States will be worse. And I'm trying to tell you the reason- I agree with them will. 
The reason the states are worse is federal money, which is dangled for every single thing, and federal regulation. Everything is federal money and federal regulation. I I don't see any way to get out of it without getting out of that. Listen, uh, let me be the centrist here, because I think both of you have valid points to it, because like Ed, I think Ed is right. There's there's certain things we can fight on that the prob- we're probably not going to be J6 on. But there are other things that we will be. How about you tell that to the people in New Hampshire going on trial next week? You said, Amen to Sununu. You got to pick and choose the battles. I'm picking and choosing. There are people going on trial for saying amen to Governor Chris Sununu, who's got his eyes on Washington. You think they won't come after you? I think they're going to come after us. I think that they will. We all. I think we need to have a private conversation after the show about we're all all red flags. flags. The reason they come after (laughs) you is because every single (laughs) governor wants to be president, and if there were no such thing as president, governors would care about their states. That's just a simple fact. Show me a governor who doesn't want to be a uh, a president. Bill Murphy. Yeah, and show me a yeah, governor right. who's not balancing his budget on federal dollars. Uh, that's exactly what's happening. They're throwing all that COVID money at the states, and of course, that's what is exactly the state? what's happening? What, what is the work, state? New Jersey and New Jersey, like most of all the other states, they and just, nobody's going to say no to spending it. it away. Oh, we got a surplus. Yeah, right. and a nobody's going to say no to it unless you get out of the system. I, tell me another way to fix it. Wow, silence. <laughs> and Maybe Ed's cat has a solution for us. <laughs> well, it's better than uh, the president's solution for us, obviously. I mean, we're, in, we're living in a country that is 100% capable of being energy dependent and energy surplus. What's stopping it? The federal government. There are many wow. states in this country. Wyoming, I well, believe, that, is the biggest coal producer in the country. But it's all, that's also what a large part of the electorate wants. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> Which is exactly why you have to concentrate the normal electorate in a few states and get out. You're right. You're 100% correct that the electorate, wa- electorate by majority wants this stuff over a national uh, spread. I mean, the, 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 Democratic Par- the Democratic Party wants to be Sri Lanka. They want to they be the, the home of rolling blackouts and brownouts. So you could either take over the country, which is huh? physically impossible because too many people want it that way, or separate. You saw Kurt Schlichter's article, Are We Heading for Civil War? No, I missed that one. Sounds like a good one, though. I just saw it out today. I just don't see any solution. Too much of the country does want this. You're 100% right. And that's what I figured out years ago. Because too too many people in this country are so ignorant, purposely (laughs) made so by the government schooling system, that they, they do want this kind of stuff. But it can't last. It either breaks up or everybody dies. Well, you can't cheat reality. Right, you can't cheat reality. So either you break up and find another way to do it or everybody dies. If there's a depression in the country, it affects everybody. If one state can start producing, everybody will be buying from that state. Yeah. I mean, I think producing is is just too, I, I don't disagree with it, but it's a little too, vague and nebulous a word there's nothing vague about it i think that well i I, i'm thinking more of concrete things like deporting illegal aliens like uh taking illegal aliens that are sent to your state and sending them 
to, to blue states and like why isn't Abbott doing York. that? Why isn't Abbott doing that? Because immigration law is federal. That's what because again it's federal, it's federal. and he wants to be president of the United States. He doesn't want to tick Washington off. But if you had a governor who cared about Texas and not about the American government, he would do it. Unfortunately, Abbott won handily yeah. again for governor. Yet, yet, no. yet, Texas is supposed to be the shining star of secession, right? No, but the Texas Republicans <laughs> are getting more and more fed up. It's very unfortunate. They, see, there has to be a split. They, they, people in America are so split ideologically, politically, that unless there's some kind of separation, however it's going to be, everybody's going down. Because that's what I'm asking this whole show. We're not getting out of this. And no, even it's getting worse. Republican president in two and a half years. We all pretty much admit he won't be able to or won't even want to do that many things. It depends on how much guts they have. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. no, it Trump doesn't. A, it doesn't. Trump Mike. tried to change a lot of matter. things, and he was he was successful. It I'll doesn't be matter. Mike, I've argued this many times before on this show. The president, and I know Ed Maslich is going to scream at me. The president is powerless against the deep state. I'm not going to scream at you, Steve. <laughs> no, I love you. Wait a minute. I know plenty of people love me and scream at me, and I'm not going further. Okay. The president um, can order anything he wants, but until he changes civil service laws, which will never happen without Congress, okay. he can order anything he wants, and it will never be carried out. I'll just you, say this. I, I want to see a president that is ideologically committed to fighting the deep state as opposed to using it as a talking point. Trump used it as a talking right. point. I How don't would think you defeat it, Ed. I'm voting for you for president. How would you defeat the deep state? You, you, okay, here's my naive perspective on that. You've got to use the bully pulpit. I mean, you have to make the case to the public and you have to build Really, it. the bully pulpit is to You have to build it before the bully pulpit. You have to pulpit. find a way to build a majority. Mike. That's Mike, support what you're doing. Excuse me, what bully pulpit is when most of media today is controlled by Google, et cetera, and like Trump I said, was it banned was my, from it was my naive perspective on Okay, it. because Trump was banned from the media. <laughs> okay. You wanna you want to know how I would fight the deep state? How else are you gonna do it? Here, here's 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 the first thing I would do on day one. I would I would ask my uh, my peep my team, I'd put my team in place, I'd say, give me a list of all of your useless employees. And as soon as I got that list of useless employees in 30 days or 60 days, however long it took, I would order that those people get put in rubber rooms. And as long as the tax want to keep paying them to do nothing, they can do nothing. But doing nothing would be better than the damage they're doing every darn day. Okay, of the year. within 60 and seconds, there will be a court order against you. Within 10, there's 10 no court order. Seconds. There's nothing that they could do. They're still getting paid. There's no you damage. You can't get a no court, court order, order that you nothing. can't go to a rubber and, and, I, and you know what? What is a court going to tell me to do? Let them go and regulate? I'm in charge of the regulation. I am the really? president. I am the head of the executive branch. Really? And how did that tell help? me how to regulate. Tell, okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, Steve Bannon was a member of the executive branch, and he's going on trial next week. No, he was an advisor. Uh, for a while, he was a member. Okay. You what think they wouldn't? No, no, no. He wasn't a member. What was his role? I believe he was, he was for part of the time and he wasn't for part of the time. Okay. That's what I heard. I don't he wasn't know. wasn't a part of the cabinet. I think he was just and, a. And not a cabinet, but he was an official member of the administration, which is why he has an executive privilege suit. Right. He has like executive privilege because he was an advisor. Okay. And they can lock him up. 
to heck with that executive privilege. And if you think they would not lock up everybody in the deep state for violating a court, court order, of course they would. And then what happens? You think judges in Washington, D.C. would not lock up people you told to put people in rubber rooms? Of course they would. I would, I would tell the- them, you're going to continue to get paid as long as the taxpayers want to keep paying. And they're going to sue you for making them bored, and a judge is going to, <laughs> going to put in an injunction against you. What are you going to do? That's, do you strategize I first seven months? I, I don't know how It's to not ridiculous. Look what's going on in D.C. Look at their people who, who literally who, who, lie. Who is coming even close to the proposal I just gave you? Nobody. I think it's a great proposal, and I thought of it a long, long time ago, but it will be enjoined by a court before you can blink. But what would they do? I mean, if I say the court will say you must give them regular work because you're hurting their intellect and you're hurting their (laughs) self-esteem. Okay, you we'll build library. (laughs) Oh, you hurt the snowflakes. And And you killed the snowflakes. (laughs) No, it's trust me. You're not like on the internet. And by the way, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring your police force? Which police force is going to enforce these people going to rubber rooms? The Washington Metro I think Gino would be a good police force. What are you going to ask me, Gino? Let's try you. I was just going to let you know. So he was the chief strategist for the administration for the first seven months. He was part of the administration, correct? For seven months. He was an advisor. He was part of the administration. He wasn't right, no, but he wasn't no. head of an, any executive agency. He wasn't a cabinet member. I didn't say that. I said he was part of the administration. Formally, therefore, appointed. his executive privilege is owned by the president. And Trump gave him the clearance to go talk. Trump now gave him clearance to go talk. But the right. point is, they have no problem locking up every single person who talks to the president of the United States. None whatsoever. Okay. If, as president, I say, "Great, we're going to have an EPA." You want us to hire more people? We'll hire more people. No, and they're, they're going to do nothing. And they will then say to your chief of staff who signed on to that order, you're going to jail for violating court order. And I believe- no court order. Judge, I mean, you're just because, throwing things at me that's totally arbitrary. There's there's no basis, even, even in a leftist universe, there's no, there's no argument they can make. You're right. 100%. They can't pull it out of a emanation from a penumbra. You're right. I, you're right. You're 100% right. I know I'm there's right. There's no judge in this country- who can say something that's not true and enforce it with a cop. Is that what you're saying? I am saying they can't make me do certain things. Say 100%. They can can try and stop me, but I can tell them, get your own police force. But they they can't make me do anything. That's the problem. You know what? You should read the Federalist Papers. That's that's why they said, that's why Hamilton said that that courts have neither force nor will. Ed, Ed, that's in Fairyland. The reality is they control the Washington Metro Police, they control the Capitol Police, and they control the FBI. Oh, do we not think they control the FBI? Do we think the FBI is in any way in favor of equal justice? Of course not. They, they literally, who would they not arrest? They arrested, what's his name? Maybe Madison. I'd have the FBI sitting in rubber, rubber rooms too. They're <laughs> not doing any good either. I would 100% send them to rubber rooms until a judge says, we're going to go and arrest you. And the media will side with them. And there's nothing you can do. On a national level, there is nothing that can be done. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, 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 could, I, could, I could see him. I could see you him. You have a white flag in your background. No, I have to tell you something. My dream, if I were president of the United States, and there is no other way, I'd declare martial law. And then I would wipe out the entire federal bureaucracy and start over. Because it's the only way you can do it. You can't do it within the laws. And you don't country. think you'd get a court order stopping you from doing that? Well, depends if my generals would listen to me. And by the way, let's go back to the deep state when Trump's generals behind his back committed treason with China and they got away with it. Even generals today are not beholden to the commander in chief. 
So don't, don't tell me the deep state is not more powerful than the president. If the president ordered a nuclear strike, the generals would say no. So that's the problem. It, the deep state is so strong all the way around. A president today is powerless unless he's a Democrat. Look what happened when Obama puts in an executive order. No problem. Trump gets rid of the executive order. Illegal. Biden tries to put it back. No problem. Which, which president is going against the court? Not happening. And by the way, it, it, just to go back to Kavanaugh trying to eat out and looking at how the press covers that versus the press covering that yo-yo, what's her name, Maxine Waters from California, you, you, we will never win on a national basis, a national scale with the media and the deep state the way it is. It, it can't be done. I say let's give it a shot and fight. How would you feel if you were Kavanaugh and you were being chased out of a restaurant? How much shots would you give it if it were your child undergoing this? If you were, you couldn't live in your house because the FBI won't protect you. What can a president do? What can a president do or yeah. a judge? A either, either. If a president tells the FBI to do something, didn't um, Biden was, a, uh, Trump was afraid of Barr by the time things got to the end of his administration. Because, yeah, you can fire an attorney general every single day, but you can't make him do what he doesn't want to do. So if you were the president of the United States right now and they were surrounding Kavanaugh's house and you said you're not, you have to go there and protect him. And they said, no, what are you going to do? If I were Kavanaugh, I'm making enough money in my salary as a Supreme Court justice to hire my own security team to protect. I don't him. think you are. Run the numbers. Somebody tell me what a Supreme Court justice makes. I think it's 160. That's a joke if that's what you mean. I think it's more than that, but okay. Well, I make that's more than a, a Supreme Court justice and I can't afford my own security detail, so. Probably. Right, exactly. It's not a lot of money. Probably make as much uh, doing speaking engagements. So. It's not. And, and that, the point is that the Democrats get what they want because they have, they have the media, they have the education, they have the deep state. And I don't think any president, I think even if DeSantis would be the best guy He's going to find out right away he can give orders all day, but nobody has to follow them, and they're all protected by the media. I guess it's time to surrender. No, it's time to do the only thing that can be done, get off a sinking ship. Unless you can tell me a way to turn it around. How many people in the federal bureaucracy? Two million, four million? Um, I don't know. I think it's two million, not including the military. And the mil military is what another seven hundred thousand, a million. Another one point five. All the okay. services and one. So three and a half million people in the federal bureaucracy. But even go with two million. Nothing much you could do. We missed you, Ed Powell. <laughs> I um. Listen, the cat was given the best reaction. Uh, the cat actually is smarter than I am. No, we, I. Uh, now, I'll just ask one more question and we're going to stop soon. Okay. Has any country in history existed in perpetuity? Hmm. Well, I mean, sure, China, sure. But no, does under mean... the same system of government as any. No. No, of course not. So why should the United States? Perpetual union, in other words, 400 million years wow. from now, the United States will still be United States. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we no all know, government lasts forever. We all, we all know countries come and go, but I mean, there's some right, So why is the United States special that it's indivisible forever? Why? Well, that's propaganda. I mean, I, I think the, uh, you know, there's some countries that have uh, 
some polities that existed, you know, for thousands of years with, you know, they're sort of government mutating rather than revolutionarily changing. Um, the, the British government, for instance, from 1066 to today, there was no tremendously strong change. There was the revolution and, you know, protectorate period, but that got overturned. So, I mean, I, there's evolutionary change in some polities. And I think that's kind of what people want to tell that to the, to the monarchy of England, that that's evolutionary change when they have zero power today. Oh, no, they don't have zero power. They have lots of power. They just choose not to use it because they figure they can only use it once. I don't know. I think constitutionally, they have very, very little power. Uh, you'd be surprised. And ask how it helped the French monarchy. The right. I mean, is- like the, the Chinese state existed from. I don't know, Mongol invasion to the communist revolution, you know, pretty much unchanged. And even um, I'm not sure if you how you want to call it a state, by what measure, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Was it one country? And, and for sure, no empire lasts forever. No. And why is it only the United States should last forever? And the people who are against uh, dividing America, I asked them this. So what's the breaking point? 5,000 years, 100 million years? Why should it last forever? Well, no, that's not the point, right? It's the point. It's, it's the, um, you know, the, the the one great line from the television show, uh, Game of Thrones, right? Um, what do we say to the God of death? Not today. And I think that's what people are are thinking about the United States. What do we say to the God of dissolution? Not today. Not today. But I'm asking, but what other point, what's going to save anyone in this country? That was my question 45 minutes ago. Either get off the sinking ship or sink with it because nobody has a way to make it no longer sink. And we're heading really into deep, dark territory the way I hear everybody talking. I mean, I agree with Gina. Inflation is unbelievably high. And I, we're not the type of country to do what they're doing in Sri Lanka. Well, I mean, I, I, think the, yeah. uh, I think the obvious right. thing is- right. uh, exactly. Well, I think the obvious people thing is people are going to vote out the current bums and they're going to put in new bums. And when the new bums come in, uh, they're not going to be able to do anything. And so God knows what's going to happen in 2024. Well, they could do something if they wanted to, but they won't. <laughs> I mean, look at a thing like a pipeline. What power does a president have to open a pipeline? None, because a judge stops it every single inch. Uh, the president has a power if he wishes to have power. No, he does mm-hmm. not because a judge stops it every single inch. Every screw you put in, a judge can enjoy it. And that's what's happened with all these pipelines. Um, yes and no. I mean, what do you yes, mean, yes the judge. No. Tell the, me the, what judge can't stop any screw from being used until it goes through 10 years of environmental studies. I understand that is the current system. But if that were the system in 1934, it would not, um, Franklin... Roosevelt would have done it anyway. If it was the system in 1834, uh, Andrew Jackson would have done it anyway. And I don't so know, you just I need no a president that's just going to do it anyway. I have no reason to believe that they would have done it anyway it's with today's FBI the way it is. I have no reason to believe that at all. There are People are not going to jail to build a pipeline. They're not going to do it. There are, um, well, you use the army to build it, but there are amazing. Um, the army's not going to build it if it doesn't get paychecks. They don't get paychecks without Congress. So no, the army's not going to do it. And by the way, we don't even have to talk about today's army, where that lady got up the day after she re-upped. And what did she say about the army? She doesn't want to fight for this country anymore yeah. because of abortion. The army's that's, doing nothing. That's okay. The 
we don't want women to fight for our army anyway. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you define that, please? It's a woman. <laughs> Female okay, human. Let's, let's, to a lighter subject, let's talk about what was it, Holly's conversation with that professor? Oh my God, what a nut job, man. And she's teaching she the next teaching generation. Your children. I, not my children. They ain't going to UC Berkeley. Thank God for that. No, she's absolutely not. I mean, both of their um, witnesses that they brought forth, not they didn't answer one question. They just kept telling people what they wanted to say and turning it into Holly being a bigot, him being discriminatory, him being this, him being that. It's just, it's an absolute joke. Absolute joke. And so disrespectful from both of their uh, witnesses that they brought forth. Especially that woman who was in charge of like the women's forum or women's something. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So she deals with women all the time, but she couldn't tell what a woman was. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. It's a joke, right? It's they're it, it, they're treating it as a as a joke because they know they have no, there's no consequence to lying in front of Congress. So, well, if you're on the right side, yeah, are you? Yeah, if you're on the right side, anarcho tyranny. Yeah, no, it, it was as a UC ridiculous. Berkeley grad. I, I she's a perfect example why I will not even set foot on that campus right now. Well, and uh, she teaches law for God. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, she's in a life of privilege, but yet she just—I <laughs> I don't even know what she wants to do because not, none of the things that come out of her mouth make any sense. I don't know what she's fighting for. Like, I don't know. I don't know if she's fighting for trans, for women, for men, for birthing people. Birthing I, I people, yes. Birthing, birthing people. Yeah, I mean, I got no words. Like, I'm speechless when I heard I mean, that. They're going to start, I, I heard somewhere in passing this week, this Title IX push to totally redefine everything, <laughs> literally force everybody to do everything for LGBT. Well, because the who's done it. So, yeah. So, it must be right. The... um. Uh... Just to show you that the United States is not the only country with an absurd deep state. Uh, this is from the Calgary Sun. The woman who organized the uh, Freedom Convoy, the trucker convoy in Canada, was denied bail, but um, but a, uh, a found guilty of repeatedly raping a woman in his California uh, Calgary apartment has been granting granted bail pending a hearing. So there you understand what the state's priorities are. Well, in, here's. Here's the thing. So poor little girl. Okay. There was the rape victim in Ohio who ends up pregnant, cross state lines that she never needed to cross state lines. But now that we found out that the guy's an illegal alien that raped her, how much are we hearing about that assault? Again, the media controls it all. I know. Just... And the, the mother of the child is now coming out defending the uh, rape. The man. Uh, which I don't quite understand. Well, 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 like, supposedly there was I, like I, other... thought, I thought I started this show cynical. What are you saying? <laughs> The last I heard is the woman of this 10-year-old girl who was raped by this illegal alien has come out and defended the rapist. With what claim? Um, he's not such a bad guy. That's sort of bullshit. Excuse no, me. wait, no, excuse me. And I hate to contradict you on national television, but he's 99% peaceful. Yeah, it's a, it's a mm. mostly mostly people peaceful rapist. Yeah. Mostly peaceful rapist. <laughs> well, you know, and then they don't, they don't, it doesn't get reported to the police till afterwards. I mean, it's all just... It's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the left cares about the kids, you know, but, you know, all those kids that are in those caravans being raped every day, but if not worse. 
We're, I, I think most of, talk, we're still not supposed to talk about that. So, I, I, you know, the truth of the matter is that, you know, obviously this person did not need to go to another state, but, um, but uh, I think right now, nobody really knows what the laws are on abortion because, um, mm-hmm. you know, yes, the Supreme court overrule Roe and yes, there are other laws on the books, but, um, but they haven't been adjudicated due to state laws that are potentially contradictory. Nobody well, they, really knows what it they is. They were talking, there was a doctor that did an interview and because every state has it still where if the life's the life of the mother is an actual danger, like the yeah. mother cannot have that pregnancy. Um, however, he was talking about how this girl was already developed and she's past the prepubescent stage and I believe he said it's like 90% at that age, once they've started the menstruation and all that kind of stuff, they will survive that. Not a problem whatsoever. Or maybe it was 99%. They can carry it to term yeah. just like a regular 25 year old woman. One so, of the issues that a friend of mine told me who, who uh, just moved out of Texas um, that, you know, the Texas bill was not the initiator of this, the Dobbs decision, but it was it was one of the ones where you could sue a doctor for ten thousand dollars if he helped perform an abortion. Still on the still in the books. Um, my friend said, and I don't know whether this is true. I don't. I mean, she's a pro life person, but she you know feels for people, and you know she has a lot of feelings. But um, she said that the doctors are not willing to treat women who have miscarriages anymore because apparently again i'm just repeating what she said i haven't been able to uh find this whether this is true or not uh, uh, apparently if uh, a woman comes in and says she has a miscarriage and the doctor you know helps her in some way i don't know anything about miscarriages so it's, it would be a dnc say. that you would have afterward that's to yeah. remove the remaining tissue that's already that's right. left after the baby has already <laughs> Then he opens himself up to one of these uh, lawsuits. Um, uh, and so they have to go through a, a great deal of paperwork to document everything. And a lot of doctors are just like, we're not, I'm not going to do it. Now, this is what she said. I don't know whether it's true. There has to be some sort of standards applied, you know, state by state. Well, that, that would come back to the, the health of the mother um, policy that they have in place. Um for the DNC, sure. because sure. But it all depends on like what, how you, is that an affirmative defense? In which case you can be charged with um, committing an abortion. But you've and, already, your body incurred. is naturally already. No, no, I, I understand the, the physics of it. I'm just saying from the legal standpoint, nobody likes an affirmative defense because that means they charge you. You spend lots and lots of money on lawyers. Right. And then when you get to trial, you present evidence that you're not guilty. And either the judge throws it out or the jury finds you not guilty. You go back to your life, $200,000 in debt. Nobody likes affirmative defenses. Um, the self-defense is not actually an affirmative defense, which is one of the things I've learned recently. Um, you have a, a short hearing, very quick in the beginning, and all you need to do is make a, uh, is to show that it is possible that you engaged in self-defense. And then all of a sudden, everything flips around. They have to prove that you weren't in self-defense. And so I think what they need to do with some of these um, issues that are completely unknown nowadays um, in the current legal environment is, is something like that where you, or, or no doctors will treat uh, 
pregnant women with complications ever again, if if what my friend is saying is true. And I don't know that it is because I haven't been able to verify it, but I'm just telling you that that's what she said. Um, and so this would be bad because we'd get no OBGYN care at all. Well, um, from <laughs> from having quite a few friends that are in the field, like head of maternal fetal health um, at Women's Pavilion and just different large healthcare systems, they're, they've not stopped doing any of that. So I don't know where the contradictions are, but they have not stopped performing any of these um, crisis pregnancies or- Yeah, I mean, her, her, she was talking specifically about Texas because that it gave everyone standing to sue. Well, this time I'm talking about Texas. Some of these other states like your state where maybe the attorney general- Oh, I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about yeah. Texas. Women's Pavilion okay. the largest women's hospital in Houston, Texas. So yeah, no, that's. But I still... did see a story like what you're saying, Ed. Again, I didn't read it through, but there was a headline out there about that, it's saying exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Folks, I want to wrap this up in a few minutes. So let's give everybody two minutes to talk about what they didn't talk about, and then we'll come back next Wednesday. Ed Maslish, switching your spot to throw you off. <laughs> well, I think we covered we covered the things that I wanted to talk about: the strengthening of the dollar and the the inflation report, those are the big stories of the week, I think. So we, we covered that. Okay, Mike? Yeah, passing the baton, go ahead. Ed P? Ed or Gina. I, well, we'd like to say goodbye to um, Ivana Trump, uh, President Trump's first wife and the mother of uh, Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka. Um, she was a, uh, she was an interesting woman. Um, she was 73 years old. She was in perfectly good health. She was uh, not overweight. She was rich and she could afford the best medical care in the United States, including preventative medical care. And she dropped dead of a heart attack. Lots of people seem to be dropping dead of heart attacks who don't seem to have heart problems these days. I wonder what it might be. I, I have uh, no idea. Uh I have no, you're a, you're a conspiracy theorist. I, I have no idea why a thin 73 year old woman in good health who exercised and who had the best medical care money could buy in okay. the, first of all, some of the best married, hospitals. She was married to Donald Trump for years. How healthy could her heart be? Um, <laughs> I think that would make it stronger. No? I, uh, you know, I'm just saying that um, there does seem to be a lot of people who ordinarily would not die of heart disease, uh, dropping dead of heart disease these days. And I have no idea what might be causing it. Um, well, and I say goodbye to uh, poor Ivana Trump um, and wish her, her children and her family well. Um, but it would be a tremendous uh, irony if um, maybe her former husband had something to do with her death. Well, it's interesting you bring up COVID because you triggered uh, the, uh, another story that has been happening this week, which is the fact that some of these baseball players who are not vaccinated are not able to play up in Toronto against the Blue Jays. JT Riomoto was one of the big ones who basically said, you're not making me take the jab. He essentially was asserting his bodily autonomy that we talk about all the time. Uh, he's not the only one. And I applaud all the ones who have uh, taken a principled stand and not, not gonna, gone up there. Um, there's another player on the Royals, Andrew Benintendi, who was apparently a big trade target for the deadline this year. And now 
because the, the Royals went, were up in Toronto this weekend. Everybody found out he's not vaxxed. So now the New York Yankees are one team that basically have said they're not going to go after him because they might have to play the Blue Jays in the playoffs or down the stretch have to go to Toronto. I got to tell you, I've never been a fan of Djokovic, but I'm becoming more and more a fan of Djokovic because he's like, if I can't play without taking a shot, I won't play. You know, it, it's uh, it's interesting because, I mean, I don't know what all the, the Major League Baseball's rules are. I don't know how much power the, the league itself has, but I'm almost tempted to say that you force Toronto to play in Buffalo or some other American city rather than undermine the game like that. I don't know if they can do that or if they're just not willing to do that. But to me, they are undermining the game if they have any leverage. Sure certainly has the power to do that. I don't think he would ever do that, though. Yeah. Uh, well, they should. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I haven't gotten into too many COVID arguments lately. One of them happened on one of the baseball sites that I happen to frequent. And uh, it's just amazing to me how, how some of these pro-vaxxers still can sit there and, you know, like we're the ones with the tinfoil hats. And I basically asked them three simple questions. I said, answer the question. Can, if you get the vax, can you, can you still spread it? Can you still get it? And can you still die? And he didn't want to answer those questions. And can anyway. you sue for damages if you get hurt? Oh, yeah. It says no. Right. Good point. Gina. And, and these are the same people that think that unrestricted abortion to the point of birth is, is, a, is a fundamental right. Right. It's just a joke. <laughs> it is a joke. Gina, I'm giving you closer spot. Tonight. Okay. So I'm going to take, um, well, I'm going to do two things. But number one is um, sticking with sports and a joke. So the Brittany Griner. I don't know if you guys saw her doctor and her legal team sent a doctor's note um, to hopefully get her out of trouble with the Russian courts and the Russian government. So good luck with that. Wow. Um, Anyway, and then so I was just getting an article sent to my um, email talking about General Milley and what you were just talking about shortly uh, ago, Stephen, regarding him taking over control and jumping out of the chain of command. And uh, so Grassley and Banks yesterday actually brought that up on the Senate floor. So I had not watched it yet or heard about it, but they're trying to get the questions answered by Millie that he never responded to earlier in the year. So I'm kind of excited to watch that, watch that speech. And that's all I got. Okay, folks. Oh, oh, and my new t-shirt. What? I want everyone to see. You are the common they that is carbon. So true. You are the carbon they want to reduce. Shut so your mouth. Okay, we have to send that up to Liberty Block and see if we can uh, sell those. <laughs> I'm going to close out for tonight, folks. We are going to be up as a podcast very shortly. We will be back next Wednesday, regular time, 4 p.m. Thank everyone for being here. We look forward to your comments and feedback, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you.